Welcome to the oh, hey there. podcast episode 19, the Debo Samuel edition, um, the offensive player of the year edition, the MVP of the 49ers edition, episode 19. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. This is hot Thanksgiving week. If you don't celebrate that, well, happy holidays to you. Everyone be safe this holiday season. Uh, Thanksgiving's right around the corner. I absolutely despise turkey. But Leo, what is your, what's your favorite dish on Thanksgiving? You despise turkey, like turkey in general, turkey sandwiches. I can't do it. I, I don't um, even do turkey sandwiches, oh, bro. Man. You need to have I'll your life. Turkey? You need to have your life blessed and have some some tabs: turkey, avocado, bacon. Literally, fire turkey, avocado, okay. bacon. Try it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I will. Um, you. I guess turkey. Let me let me read let me redact my statement here. I don't like turkey on Thanksgiving, but I will eat. That's fair. Like uh, Panera has that turkey, bacon, avocado, romaine, tomato sandwich thing they make, which is that's probably like the go to if I were to go do that. But yeah, I'm well, doing me, a brisket. For we'll me, see. it comes down to dessert for Thanksgiving. I'm a okay. big big cheesecake guy. So yep. you know, here we are. There it I'm, is. My mom every year, fresh homemade cheesecake. It's a go-to. Wrap it up. Actually, give me extras to take home. So, are you a uh, are you a second day Thanksgiving guy? Like you're all about the leftovers, or you're more kind of like, yeah, I had it one day, I'm good. Sometimes, if if you put the turkey, like shred it up a little bit, put it in a pan, and warm it up that way, that could be that could be pretty fire as well. So. Yeah. Um, I, I think depending, depending how, how the turkey is, you just can't, you just can't warm up the turkey and eat it dry at that point. No, you, you can't just, I'm not a throw it in the microwave guy on leftover turkey because then it's just way too dry. I'm not, then I got to freaking throw way too much, whatever type of sauce I'm going to use on it. It's got to be warmed up the right way. Yeah. in this household, which usually ham on Thanksgiving, my wife is not a turkey person either for Thanksgiving. This year, I decided to buy a brisket, um, and unfortunately, they don't make or they don't sell anything less than like 15 pounds worth of brisket down here Oof. in Texas, so I got all this meat, so we'll see how this goes. I got to get up and put it on the, the smoker at like midnight, let it run for 12, 13 hours. We'll see how this goes. My first time, so we'll see how this goes. I will update y'all via Twitter, because I'm probably going to be up in my back patio watching this thing smoke and uh, make sure it's good to go. People say, no, you can just go to sleep. I don't know how comfortable I am with my uh, pellet grill going yeah. my smoke going while I'm sleeping. You know what I mean? I don't trust those, like, just being KO'd, and you never know what could happen, and you, you don't want to be woken up in the worst way, and yeah, uh, you you got to be awake on those things. I don't trust it either. Trust issues, man. Trust, yeah. Let's talk about I it. have trust issues, and I still have trust issues with this 49ers team. However, however, uh, they did go into Jacksonville and absolutely annihilate the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, basically put their foot on their throat from the initial kickoff um, until, until the end of the game. Um, we saw how this game started. 49ers came out doing what we had hoped they would be doing since the beginning of the year. You know, we, we, we nitpicked them for four straight, wait, four straight weeks about their slow starts, right? We nitpicked them about their first quarter score. We nitpicked them about a whole bunch of stuff because we were right at the time, right? And the team even noticed it. They brought it up, their slow starts, their inconsistencies, their lack of effort, you know, and they found their identity. A lot of guys use the word identity in the post game, and here they are absolutely dominating in back-to-back weeks 
of 40, you heard that right, 40-plus rush attempts in back-to-back weeks. The 49ers have 86 rush attempts to 41 pass attempts in the last two games. Absolutely insane. I was honestly a little nervous for this game because with the Rams, I I predicted them to win last minute. Last minute, I said 49ers are winning this game. But how you could look at the Rams is you caught them with their hands down and you smacked them right in the chin and they didn't know how to react. With the Jaguars, it's a little different. They held a Buffalo Bills team to nine points uh, or excuse me, six points. They won uh, nine to six that one. And then they, Kyle Shanahan told the team they've won two out of their last four. Like, this isn't a complete terrible team. For the 49ers, you just had a Monday night game, and now you're going to have to travel cross-country to Florida for a 10 a.m. game for, you know, us West Coast people. How is it going to be? You get the drive first. Are you going to smack them in the mouth, or is it going to take you a couple drives to wake up and be like, okay, we got this, we're in this thing? No. They showed who they can be, and you said it a couple times, I think after the the Arizona loss. We were sold on this team being the 2019-like-esque 49ers, and we weren't given that. Yet, these past two weeks, we were given that. They found their identity. I've said it here on this show. They need to learn how to win together, and it starts with running the ball, and game management, keeping the the play clock on your side, in your favor. They needed to do that. Because this team is very similar to 2019. You're loaded on the defensive line, and you, you have a Jimmy Garoppolo with great weapons outside. You have a running back that's, you know, Raheem Mostert-esque in Elijah Mitchell. He could still give you that Raheem Mostert-like time, kind of ability. So... They showed it. They showed they could be 2019-like 49ers. And if they could continue that, I know we look at these last seven games like looking way too far ahead saying, what can they be? Are they going to be 4-3 and three in this stretch? Are they going to be 5-2? and two? You got guys like Dante Whitner saying they're going to be 7-0? and oh? I think it's just because we see what they could do now. And 2019 49ers were 13-3, and three, and they put a whole, a whole bunch of games together and won. Looking at this schedule, this team could go on a rally. And it starts, I guess you could say it started against the Rams game, but it needs to continue against this matchup against the Vikings. It's a huge one, huge one. But you can't put yourself in that position if you don't know who you are. They know who they are. Whether they went to lost and found or they called the, the IRS, they know who they are now. <laughs> this team has found their identity. Absolutely found their identity. Nick Bosa had some interesting comments after the game. I just want to touch on this with Nick Bosa. I thought this was very, very funny because as we were watching the game, we're like, how many snaps have the Jags had in this first half? So let's get to Nick Bosa real quick. We had like three plays in the first quarter, um, but we were kind of frustrated. As a D-line, we were like, we want to get part of this game. And then Tap Tap told us, this is how you win. And we were like, all right. <laughs> This is how you win. This is how the 49ers win. This is the, I'm not going to use that year on this podcast. We're not going back two years. We're going to just continue with the 2021 49ers. This is the recipe for success. Run the ball, control the clock, limit your mistakes. Don't turn the ball over. 
play complimentary football, and that's what they did. You got a turnover on defense. You got a turnover on special teams. You run blocked well with your wide receivers and your tight ends. Kyle Shanahan is fully committing to this idea of positionless football where you have Jawan Jennings playing fullback and, and Jeff Wilson playing fullback. Now Debo Samuels playing running back. So this is the creativity that we were all expecting excited and excited for in this season with Kyle Shanahan in this offense. Um, 49ers have 86 rush attempts this in the last two games for 327 yards. That's a 3.8 yard per carry number. You know, 3.8 times three is a first down. So I'll take it. I don't need the gaudy four and a half, five and a half yard uh, per carry uh, numbers. I just need them to be efficient and get these first downs. Keep killing the clock. Keep turning the clock. Because you do know that you're not the 2019 team. You're not on defense. You're not. You're just not, right? So you're not going to be able to get those turnovers. You're not. Your pass rush isn't as as great as it was in 2019. So you need your offense to control the clock, win games that way, to where you're at one point in the first half, 41 plays on offense for the 49ers to 16 plays of offense for the Jaguars. That is how you win. Control the clock. The Niners finished the game with 38 minutes and 22 seconds of time of possession. That is absurd. That is absolutely absurd. But they did it, and they've done it two weeks in a row. Can they do it again versus the Vikings? It's like varsity playing JV. That's what that reminds me of. Varsity playing JV. They're just way overpowering these other teams these past two weeks. And keep it going. Um, I would also like to know, was it going to continue without Elijah Mitchell? We've We've heard Kyle Shanahan before saying about, you know, adjusting without a certain player at running back. And it was Jeff Wilson. I like Jeff Wilson. He's a cool guy. Um, sometimes he dresses a little with too much swag. I think he had a, an outfit he posted that was just all Gucci. It was kind of weird. Um, but he's not He's not Elijah Mitchell. He's not. And so that was my concern going into this game. How was the run game going to be? You completely dominated that way. What is it going to look like? without Elijah Mitchell, without a Raheem Moster, or any two running backs like those type of guys. Yet, he still stayed with running the ball with Jeff Wilson, never got out of that mode, didn't abandon it, because Jeff Wilson wasn't blazing, you know, five yards, six yards, seven yard carries. He, a lot of times he was just getting about, you know, three yard chunks, three yard chunks, three yard chunks. And then Kyle Shanahan, the genius he is, Debo Samuel, the running back, are you serious? He's, he's got to be. It, it's funny watching that game with Tavon Austin on the other side. And I'm just, I can't stop thinking to myself, this is what people wanted Tavon Austin to be. What Debo Samuel's doing this year, that's what people, that projected Tavon Austin to be. Especially in this game. It's He had nine touches. Eight of them were carries one reception man this this kid is special and and you just love seeing the play call now in rhythm that was a question early on into the season why does this feel like it's not in rhythm why does it feel like certain situations are being forced things in rhythm now Kyle's not abandoning the run he's not giving his top running back eight carries um like he did with Elijah Mitchell against the Cardinals no he's sticking with it no matter what the process looks like. And it's obviously paying out. 
It's keeping your defense fresh. We, we can look at all the injuries and all the guys missing in on that defense, but how you keep them playing at a rate where they're only giving up 10 points over the last 10, two games, keep them on the sideline, keep them fresh. Don't give the offense so many chances to actually crack the code against this defense. Like the Seahawks did. And like the Cardinals did. No, you keep them fresh and, and now you're forcing the other offense to go outside of their element. They try to do a little too much. And now they're uncomfortable, like the Rams game. So keep it going. And the turnovers on defense, wow, that's huge. That's huge. Yep. All of a sudden, Josh Norman is Peanut Tillman. I don't know when that happened, but hey. <laughs> he leads the league in forced fumbles. As much as I wanted him off this team, he does have an effect on this team when it comes to Mm-hmm. Force fumbles, you know, that I think for a large part of the fan base, what happened against the Cardinals with him, I wasn't even mad about the taunting. I was just more upset of him fighting with Tavon Wilson and teammates. It's like, come on, man, this is already a bad vibe for the 49ers as a whole. You had lost four straight. Cool, you beat the Bears. You come home, you lose to the Colt McCoy Cardinals, and you look like that, right? That's just, it just, it doesn't, the optics of it look really poor. Josh Norman has redeemed himself. Is he great in coverage? We know he's not. But is he good in run support? Is he good to get the ball out? Yes. So he does have that value there right now. Defensively, the Niners have four turnovers in the last two games and have zero giveaways. So no Jimmy turnovers, no fumbles, no interceptions. I will say this, and it's probably going to be a jinx. Jimmy Garoppolo has never gone three games without an interception. It's the Vikings defense. It's going to happen. It's the Vikings defense. He has four turnovers in his career against the Vikings defense. Although, what what does worry me a little bit is Eric Kendricks in the middle there. Yeah. He's going to bait him into something. It always does. It always does. You know, while it was a few years ago, it's still the same two players, Jimmy Garoppolo, Eric Kendricks. Um, That divisional round in 2019 season where he could have like three interceptions, but he only came down with one. That's... That's what concerns me. And we talk about Jimmy over the middle, Jimmy over the middle, but Jimmy said at this press conference, they go over the middle so much is because you're spreading apart those linebackers from the middle of the field, having them think outside zone um, to where now they're out of their spot and the middle of the field's open. If you go from anywhere on the outside of the numbers, what's the point? You're kind of diluting the effect of the play action. So, yeah, while not so great, coverage linebackers could be affected a ton by that eric kendricks is maybe there with fred warner in terms of pass coverage linebackers in the middle of the field yeah the kid's good he absolutely is he is he's he's great he's one of the better linebackers of the last five six years so eric kendricks is he deserves his flowers um but we'll get to the the vikings game here in a minute um this positionless football that kyle shanahan has decided to expand upon because we know he likes the idea of, of positionless football. You had a couple play. You had one play where you had Juwan Jennings at fullbacks. You had the, against the Rams, you had Jeff Wilson at fullback. You got Diva running back. You got Kittle in the backfield. Like Kyle Shanahan is getting into his very, very creative bag. Um, I don't know where this was the first, I don't know, eight weeks of the season. Um, <laughs> but he's gotten very, very creative. Debo Samuel, Eight carries, 79 yards rushing, and a rushing touchdown. He looks better 
than our third round running back at a running back from a wide receiver. Let me ask you this. I'll entertain that in a second. Let me ask you this. <laughs> you're, you're saying all this positionless football, and now you got my mind flowing. You got me thinking. What is the formation you would like to see these guys in? If you're able to choose like a wishbone or or maybe, you know, some type of wildcat-like formation, what's what's something out of position that you want to see these guys in? What what type of for, what does that look like? Where's use check? Is use check on the field? Where's Kittle? Is Kittle on the field? What does it look like? Can I just get can I get like uh I formation, George Kittle at fullback and Trent Williams at running back? Can I get that? Ooh. Hey, tell me why Trent Williams <laughs> he didn't look that out of place. He didn't. He didn't. He, he tried to high point the ball. He was getting tugged a little bit. You know, I'm going to call that the Cam Newton-like effect just because the guy's too big. You you don't want to throw the flag a little bit. Um, maybe if it was more of a catchable pass, that's no slight at Jimmy. You know, it is what it is. Um, but he didn't look out of play. He looks kind of natural. The, yeah. The insane. sad part is we're not going to see that again this season. Just we'll probably the, see it week 17 or something, like um, randomly. It's just one of those plays you do once and, the, and then that's it. Dante Whitner was joking around about it. It's like, why is Trent on the right side? You know something's up if he's on the right side. Um, so that was kind of a giveaway itself. Maybe you try to do it again, but he stays in his actual side on the left side. Yeah. Um, that'll be entertaining to see. I'm going to go with kind of a wishbone look myself. I'm going to say this is going to be my backfield for the wishbone. I'm going to have check taking the snap. Then I'm going to have Debo on the right side and Elijah Mitchell on the left side. You got speed, you got power, and if you need to throw the ball, maybe you could throw that little wrinkle in there because Yushek can throw the ball a little bit if you have George Kittle on a drag or or you know, um, some type of uh, fake in, fake out route, um, swirl, swirl route, whatever, you know, option route, whatever. Um, you could possibly throw out of that formation. And, uh, you, and if Juice keeps it, he could run the ball too. He could run the yeah. ball. You know, he's more than capable. I just don't like him doing, you know, taking it from the snap on fourth and one, you know, under center. You know, that's, it was kind of obvious at that point. Um, but if you get in some type of wishbone look, I want to see what, what that looks like. Save that for Texans week. Save that for Texans week, Kyle. Show me a use check wishbone with Elijah Mitchell and Debo. The Elijah Mitchell Debo backfield is probably when we'll, probably the Trey Lance package. Whenever we get to see or, that. Or give me, you know, I was going for guys out of position, but yeah. you know, if you replace Trey and with uh Juice, then Yikes. Hey, I'm I'm down for that. Can we get that mm-hmm. package in there? Can we get that? You know maybe maybe one day. <laughs> maybe maybe a fake to Elijah and then now you bring Debo and you're you're running quarterback option with him. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Um Debo Samuel on the season. 55 receptions, 994 rushing, receiving yards, excuse me, five touchdowns, 19 carries, 137 rushes, 7.2 yards per, per carry, and three rushing touchdowns. Debo's going to get paid. Is Debo an all-pro this year? Oof. Because look at the receiving class for the <sighs> NFC. Yeah. Devontae Adams is a, is a, is a shoe-in, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson. Cooper Cups didn't get the votes. Cooper Cup. Debo will probably be, if he continues this, these numbers, he'll probably be second team. We know how the how the politics goes. Yeah. 
how the you know the big names like you're not going to put Debo in first team and Devontae in second team unless Debo just doubles Devontae's yards or does 50% more than Devontae which you know the target volume the target share he's in getting Green Bay it makes it really impossible to kind of do that against a guy like Devontae Adams so I'm going to say Debo right now keep it going he's probably second team all pro at this point it's just you you do have those other names in there that are probably going to get higher target share. So with that higher target share, you're going to have more opportunity. Um, Debo did have nine touches this game, but only one of them came from the wide receiver side. So that's going to affect his wide receiver's numbers. No matter what he's doing as far as a total yards standpoint, when it comes to those votes, that if Cooper Cup has 150 more yards they're definitely going with cooper cup at that point because cooper cup's probably going to have like 30 more receptions the way that target volume goes there in los angeles debo samuel pro bowl vote right has to okay. be has okay. to be has just to be a pro sure. bowl. i just don't, sure. I, I, I don't want him to play in it though because i i would prefer him to play on the sunday after leo you're not going to sucker me into this bro <laughs> let me live bro let me live man come on man let me live. Let me live. Okay. I am not saying that <clears throat> I am not a believer in this team. I am also not fully aboard this Super Bowl run. Okay, I'm not. I refuse yeah. to let them let me be hurt. But where are we as a fan base at 5-5? Five and five? What is your gauge of this team's potential going forward? Can they win out, like Dante Whitner said? Or are you like me? Five and two seems more realistic. Five and two seems tough. It seems tough. I think you go with five and two if the Rams cannot move up or not move down. Then I at say that last game of the season. Then I would say five and two for sure. Lock it in. Seattle still worries me. It's a division matchup. Russell Wilson. I don't care what he looks like this season. It's Russell. I'm I'm traumatized. I I have nightmares. I know what the guy can do against the 49ers. Seen it for way too much now. Yeah. Um, Vikings, Kirk Cousins. The dude may be a goof, but he can play quarterback. He's a good goof. He may not have a franchise-looking face, but he can play quarterback to a franchise level. The Titans game on Thursday on a short week and travel. So I think the three games that are shooing are going to be the Falcons, the Texans, and I'm going to say the Bengals. I don't trust them. I know they looked good against the Raiders, but they also looked crap against Baker Mayfield and the Browns. I don't trust the Bengals. I think the 49ers could go in there and win. They've shown that they could go win on those East Coast times. And I'm going to say it happens again. It happens. I, I think the Jaguars are a better defense than the Bengals. I think they're a better defense than the Bengals, the Jaguars. So I think the 49ers win that game. Okay, I'm getting too far ahead, but where am I at as the fan the franchise? I'm gonna say yeah, five and two is 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 what I'm hoping for. I don't think it's a six and one. I don't think it's a seven and zero. Oh. And if you're a 49ers fan, the way this season started at three and five, you absolutely take a five and two and end the season there with the ten wins. It's a ten win season. They finish out five and two. And you take that. If I'm wrong, I am the happiest guy in the world for being wrong. Obviously, on the on on the right side of being wrong, not the wrong side of being wrong. 
I don't want to be less than five and two. This Viking game, this Vikings games worries me because Vikings have been <clears throat> when you watch them, you know they're good, right? Like you know they have talent, you know they have players. They have Kirk, they got Dalvin, they got Justin Jefferson, they got a good defense, they got a decent head coach. So that's a concern. Seattle, as much as I want to be like, yeah, we're gonna go in them, go in there and smoke them. Russell can just turn it on any moment, right? And they still can find their way to to make a run. Now, with Seattle, is what you said. You texted me a few days ago. The Niners have to win that game if they want to make the playoffs. Like you absolutely have to win that game. You cannot get swept by the Seattle Seahawks. Then you're one in five. You're one in four in the division, and you're not you're not making a playoff run. So you have to win that one at the very least. The Bengals game. It's just that that one seems more interesting because on offense they're much better than the Jags, right? On offense they're much better than you know they're probably better than the Eagles. We beat the Eagles. They're better than the Bears. You know you beat the Bears. They they can make some things happen on offense. So it's not that one. I don't think is a shoe in. So that one you know four and three seems realistic. Then they, you know that kind of puts them at that nine and eight point. But. If you are the team that we think you are, you should be able to go into Cincinnati and beat them. Atlanta, they stink. Uh, Titans on a short week, that's tough because because it's 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 in December. It's going to be cold, right? There's still no Derrick Henry, but the Titans generally show up on Thursday Night Football. They play a good ball. So that's going to be a physical game. And then you have a little bit of time off after the holiday. You got the Texans at San Francisco, and then you got to travel to L.A. Realistically, five and two is where I'm at here. The two losses, Titans is one, I think, because it's a short week. And the other one could be anything between this next one and the Seattle game. But I, I'd rather them not lose to Seattle than, you know what I mean? Like, you can't lose the Vikings either, but you have to. They're, can we talk about the Vikings? They're not losing to the Vikings. I'm saying that now. I said they were going to finish the month of November three and one. Okay. Right now, they're at two and one. I'm okay, Leo. With it. The Vikings, they have the worst rush defense in the NFL. They give up 4.8 yards a carry. Talk to them. It's tied with the Pittsburgh Steelers for last in the NFL. 49ers are going to run all over them. Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson, Debo Samuel, Garrison Hurst, Kevin Barlow. I don't care. Kevin Barlow. That's that's that. Wait, 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 wait. Bring back Sean Drone for a game. Frank Gore is in the building. Let him suit up this time. They're going to run over the Vikings. Okay. It's going to be their little brother. Like, Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, I think they're all in the top 10 category for what they do. But it's going to be struggle for them if their defense can't get off the field. Okay. And what we've seen against the Rams, what we've seen against the Jaguars, makes me feel confident that they could do it. I don't know if they go for 40 carries because each game is you know different and – one of Minnesota likes to run the ball as well, so they're not going to be completely pass-heavy. They're not going to completely get away from Dalvin Cook. But the 49ers are going to dominate this game like they have the past two games. Do they win by two, three touchdowns again? Probably not. But do they cover? Yes. Because they're going to run the ball. If you could get Elijah Mitchell back, it's no contest. It's no contest if you get Elijah Mitchell back. They cannot stop the run. They can't do it. Okay. We know 40 runs is a lot. Yeah. Can they average down the stretch 25 to 30 carries a game? Because that's the recipe. 
for success. That is a 2019 recipe for success. That's how they won so many games. They they try to stay at that 30, that 28 to 30 mark on rush attempts. Can they do that? And if they do do that, is that a detriment to your quarterback who may need to throw the ball in a high-pressure situation? It's tough, but... The reason, look- reason I said that, Leo, is because, like... I'm sorry, I- sorry to interrupt, because you have 40, 40 rush attempts, and then 40 rush attempts again, and now here comes Kirk Cousins and that pass offense. And again, we we just spoke about our secondary. Outside of Jimmy Ward and Kwaski Tart, our corners are suspect. Who's covering Jefferson and Thielen? Is Jimmy gonna is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be able to can, get into a shootout with these guys? We got the pass catchers. We do. We got IU. We got D. We got George Kittle. Can Jimmy Garoppolo deliver it 25, 28 times against the Vikings if he has to? That is my question. That's where I get scared. Well, yeah, it, it's going to have to come down to Jimmy Garoppolo, essentially, because when you look at the Vikings defense, they're eighth in the NFL in terms of not allowing third down conversions. So you got to keep these drives going. You're probably going to end up in some third down situations where you're needing to pass. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Jimmy Garoppolo's, you know, if he continues to do what he's doing, he's doing it at a high rate. I trust the guy. And when you look at the Minnesota's defense, yeah, they're doing that, you know, great on third down conversions. Yet they're not taking down the quarterback very much. They're not hitting it, hit the quarterbacks at a very high percentage. They're about third worst in quarterbacks in uh, QB hit percentage in the NFL. Um, and now, now they lost their best edge rusher uh, on that team that's going to be missing this game, you know, on top of that. So now getting to the quarterback is going to be a lot harder for them. Uh, so I'm going to trust what Jimmy Garoppolo has been doing over the past four games, and I think it's going to continue over to a fifth game here against the Vikings defense that one can't stop the run, and then two, they're not getting to the quarterback very much, being the third worst team in quarterback knockdown. I hope you're right, Leo, because um, I want this team to get ten wins. Like I'm tired of not having ten wins. Let's get let's get some positive, you know, some more positive things going into. Hopefully, what is a decent playoff run at ten and seven? That kind of puts them where we predicted: eleven and six, ten and seven. Part of me thinks they're going to end up playing the Cardinals for a third time. Ooh! And we all know teams playing a team for the third time usually have a hard time beating that team for the third time. That's kind of what I want want to happen here. I want us to get to ten and six, eleven and seven. I'm sorry, ten and seven, eleven and six, to where you get that number six seed or maybe the the seven seed mm-hmm. and maybe the Cardinals don't get the number one and they got to go. Niners got to travel to Arizona, play the wild card game against the number two seed. It might be Arizona. You knock them off. First thing, get them out of the way. Are we legally allowed to look that far ahead? No, we aren't, but I was just thinking about that. I don't drive home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't trust the Arizona Cardinals against the 49ers for a third time. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Absolutely not. So, yeah, I I think I like the chances. I like the chances against that. I don't even like the Packers facing the 49ers the second time either. Me neither. I I don't like that for the Packers. First time time they played the Packers, they they didn't have an identity. This team has an identity. That's the difference here that we're looking at. And um, everything's in their hands. Yeah. They're not asking for anybody to lose at this point. Seven games to go. They don't need teams to just, you know, go on a complete domino in order to advance. It's all up to the 49ers. You know what's working. You found the script. 
stick to it. This is where I miss Mike McGlinchey. This is where I miss Raheem Mostert and Jason Verrett. But I think more so I miss Mike McGlinchey through all this. But we're going to get into our uh, buy, lease, walk off the lot here in just a second. Before we get to that, just a couple quick stats before we leave you. Um, Arden Key, he has had one sack in three straight games. He had three sacks in his previous 44 games. Arden Key has been playing very, very good football, lining him up inside next to Eric Armstead or DJ Jones. Um, he's had himself some really good last three games have been really good for Martin key. So shout out to him. George Kittle has one receiving touchdown in three straight games. The longest streak for a 49 tight end since Vernon Davis week 11 through 15 in 2013. Colin Kaepernick and Vernon Davis had themselves a nice run in 2013. Another one, Jimmy Garoppolo two plus TDs in three straight games. That's the longest streak of his NFL career. So, Guys are doing some great things. Oh, and if I forgot, the comeback player of the year, Nick Bosa, has 10 sacks and 15 tackles for loss. No other player has those numbers. Insane, right? Feels great, baby. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's got to feel great at this point. Hey, while you miss Mike McGlinchey, I, I do like Jalen Moore. He, he allowed only one hurry against the Jaguars um, wasn't out there much, but I do like Jalen Moore, and I'll like to continue to see where this guy can develop. I'll leave it at that. Let's get to the buy lease walk. So is this the best post ACL version that we're seeing from Jimmy Garoppolo? Um, no, I, I think the 2019 version is better. And that 2019 version with Arizona, the Ravens game, the Packer game, and the Saints game. You know, we all know they lost the Ravens game. But I thought those games were much better from Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the numbers back that up. I think Jimmy's playing well, right? He's playing well for who he is. Like, he's playing, he's doing his part at his, you know, at his capability level. Like, I don't, the Niners are going to need more from him, I think, going down the stretch here because I don't believe in the sustainability of 40 rush attempts a game, right? That's nice for two weeks in a row, but you're going to need more from your quarterback. You're going to need him to throw 25, 28 times a game. But this this last four games, he has played very, very well, but I thought his best stretch of football was in that back half of 2019 and that four-game stretch of um, of Arizona, the, the Packers, the Ravens, and uh, I'm missing one more game there, and the Saints. I thought those were that was his best stretch of football. Um, those two Arizona games are really solid, but I think that that those three games combined, where you got the Packers, the Ravens, and the Saints, like boom, 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 those are some big, big games for him. And even even the Falcons game, he played well, even though they lost that game. You know, that was just a tough one to. If George Kittle doesn't fumble the football outside of, out of out of bounds, the Niners probably win that one too, and they end up being fourteen and two to end the season. But I thought twenty nineteen version of Jimmy. In, the, in a four-game period was better than this year's. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but this time, his job was on the line. If he didn't come through during the Chicago Bears game, is he still the starting quarterback of this team? If he doesn't you know, play as well as he has these past four games, is he still the starting quarterback of this team? 
no matter what happened in those win loss, um, if he just wasn't getting the job done. So I think he personally had more at risk, but the elevation of play is a lot higher in 2019. What I'm seeing is he's he's not playing scared anymore. He's not seeing ghosts in the pocket like he did in the beginning of 2020. The guy looks hungry. He looks like he wants to win, and good for him. Good for him. I've counted him out multiple times where I've questioned, is this the last we've seen of him? Is this the last we've seen of him? But he's continuing to be like, hey, you guys ain't going to push me out. I'm going to play my way out. And, you know, if that happens, maybe the 49ers get something in return. Maybe someone's willing to take on that contract after the end of the season. Keep going, Jimmy. Let's get us a second-round pick. Come on. Let's go. Keep going, Jimmy. <laughs> Lastly, by lease walking off the lot. Do the 49ers have 2,000-yard receivers? Debo Samuel, five yards away, he's going to be one of them. George Kittle, he's not, by the numbers, projected to get 1,000 yards on this season. But we know things can change over you know, a split second to where he ends up putting a 130-yard game together, 150-yard game together, doing what George Kittle does. Does he eclipse 1,000 yards this season? Buy, lease, walk the lot. So the Niners have one 1,000-yard receiver on the team. That's Debo. He'll get there. He'll get to 1,400, 1,500 yards on the season receiving. I have no doubt about it. Currently, George Kittle has 412 yards receiving, so his pace puts him at 824. And then Brandon Ayuk was on pace for 760 and about 65 receptions, 66 receptions. I'm going to say George Kittle gets to 1,000 yards, right, because we're, we're basing this off the averages. So he has 58 yards per game as a receiver. There's going to be a game there where he gets 158. There's going to be a game where he's at 103. There's going to be a game where he gets 70, right? That's going to add up. I think I think when it's all said and done, Debo will get 1,500. George is probably like 1,100. And Ayuk is an 800-yard receiver. That's a lot of yards, but that's what you want. That's what you want from your guys. So, yes, I'm going to buy this. I'm not going to lease. I'm buying this, that the Niners will have two. 1,000-yard receivers. Whether that's Kittle or Ayuk is the second one. I think it's more likely Kittle gets it based on Ayuk's start of the season. But who knows? Maybe maybe Ayuk has a Julio Jones-type game in him with 300 yards in one game. Shanahan is the play caller here. Um, so that is also possible. I really thought Ayuk was going to get 100 yards versus the Jags on Sunday. He was close. I think he missed it by like 15 yards or something. So there's that. Um, so you never know with this offense. But I think they will have two 1,000-yard receivers by the end of the season. Three weeks ago, I traded for Brandon Ayuk. Smart. And since then, he's gave me a 19-point game, a five-game. That was the Monday night against uh, the Rams. And then the 21-point game, this, this past game. So I was really hoping to get that 100-yard bonus. Uh, so if he does have a Julio Jones-like game, whew, I'm all for it. I... I just traded for George Kittle as well. I, I had that feeling things were going to change within this offense. Um, I bought George Kittle kind of low. So if George Kittle has a Julio Jones-like game, that can get him to 1,000 yards. I'm all for that as well. Either one of those guys. You know, in the, the, the back half of the schedule is kind of light too because the Vikings' corners, they stink. The Vikings' corners aren't very good. 
Mm-mm. Seattle's corners are atrocious. That's a disaster. Yeah. Jamal Adams can't cover a cold. Corner digs looks like a shell of himself. Now the Bengals, I haven't watched many Bengals games, so I don't know their defensive secondary. I really don't. Outside of Jeremy Bates, that's the only guy I really know on that team. The Falcons, Christ, Mac Jones decided to slice and dice them a few weeks ago or a week ago. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible, right? And if and if that happens, then that means Jimmy Garoppolo's a 4,000-yard passer, something we haven't had since Jeff Garcia. So that's a plus. The only other thing, really, I, I would like to see the Niners do is get to a 1,000-yard rusher. Like, can Elijah Mitchell break 1,000? Can we get him there? Kyle has yet to have a 1,000-yard rusher since he's been here. Let me go ahead and work up some quick math here for Elijah Mitchell. Uh, Elijah Mitchell has 560 yards on the season, which is impressive. With seven games to go, it's going to be really close with seven games to go. And he can, basically, it's he can't really miss a game from here on out. He's got to mm-hmm. he's got to continue to you know play. We'll see if he plays in this next game because of the hand. Uh, if he's not able to basically secure a football. If he can't fully grip onto the football and you don't have to worry about fumble issues, then he'll be able to go. But if you're looking at an 80-yard average per game, which that's what he's done over the season, times seven games that that's remaining, that's 560 yards. So he's played seven games now. Um, so it would be basically double that. And he would be looking at just sneaking over 1,100 rushing yards. So he doesn't even have to average the same 80 yards per game that he's averaging now. Uh, so he should he should sneak over 1,000 yards. I'd say if he misses one more game, he can miss one more game, and he'll sneak over 1,000 yards. That's the hope. We hope so. I, I would like to see a 1,000-yard rusher here. Again, it's been a while. Hopefully that's something that gets accomplished here. I know these are individual numbers, but there's you know when these, individ- when these individual numbers are being hit, when you have this much talent on a team, they usually mean wins, and they're all, they're all coming together. Um, one thing I do like so far the last couple of weeks is Debo's being fed, and no one's complaining. Yep. Kittle's getting his touches. Kittle got a touchdown. Ayuk got a touchdown. Debo Samuel got a touchdown. That is a recipe for, for success. Get the ball in your playmaker's hands, something we had been preaching all along, all season. Continue these fast starts. And if that fast start means a 20-play first quarter, Right, then that counts too because you're scoring, you're keeping the ball out of the other offense's hands, and you're dictating the, the game and punching teams in the mouth. This is something that I really, really enjoyed watching. I didn't, I didn't once get out of my seat on Sunday after that first drive. I was like, yeah, this is over. It was over. <laughs> it was over because you they, they went they they got twenty plays, three and out, and then they go back down the field and score. I was like, this is done. It was. It didn't make any sense. Went into the kitchen, started seasoning my steaks, you know, listened to the game, and then sat back down. Next thing you know, here comes another long drive. Boom, another touchdown. So this is Niner football. This is what we expected going into the season. Hopefully they can sustain this and maintain this throughout the rest of the year. Lastly, you were talking about, oh, this is individual numbers. But when it comes to these guys, it's unique. They have the playmakers. So as long as the volume is there to these guys, that means the offense is probably humming. Jimmy Garoppolo on Sunday was 12 of 13 when he targeted either Ayuk, Debo, or Kittle. 12 of 13. 
two touchdowns. That's how you win. Put the ball in your playmaker's hands, run the ball, control the clock. Niners will be at home for the Minnesota Vikings. For those fans who didn't want to go to the game against the Rams, it's a good time to get back in those stands, guys. I know ticket prices went down. The 49ers made sure to get rid of the uh, service fees. Um, go ahead and spend the $69 or whatever it is right now for tickets. I think that's as low as $69. Bucks. Um, but go get your seats, man. Go go back out there. Get in the stands. Levi's is, you know, Levi's is Levi's, but it's still the boys. If I were able to get out there, I would. Flights are five eighty five from Austin to Santa Clara right now. I'm not doing that. Um, but get out there. But if you're not out there, everyone, I do hope, or everyone here at Niners Nation hope everyone has a very nice Thanksgiving. You know, last year COVID took that a lot away from a lot of us, and hopefully everyone can get back to their families, enjoying each other's company, and uh, just enjoying a good time. You know, family is a really important thing right now. For a lot of folks, if you know anyone in need, reach out to them. We did some donations at work, so that's a plus. It's a it's a good time to give back to everybody. So if you know somebody in need, help them out. Make sure you're taking care of each other. We are the only the best thing about humans really to me is, you know, we a lot of us like to help each other out. Like take care of people. You know what I'm saying? So, Leo, from my family to yours, happy Thanksgiving, buddy. And uh you got a baby coming in shoot. Right around the corner, Papa. Two weeks away, I would estimate. Yeah, you know my my retirement check once he makes the once he makes the league. Yeah, uh, we'll be here That's in about, about two weeks. I t- once he walks, he's doing baseball drills. Once he walks, he's doing baseball yeah. drills. He's learning tackling angles, all that. Might as well. You guys are tall. I'm short, so yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> he, he can always get his mom's jeans, so we'll see. Yeah, but uh, yeah, everyone stay safe out there. Enjoy the holiday. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know who we are, I'm Javi. That is Leo. Follow us on Twitter at JaviVeg underscore. Follow my guy Leo here at LeoLuna93. And then make sure you check out everything at Niners Nation Podcast Network. Shout out to Levin, Rob, Michelle, uh, Akash, KP. KP. Mm-hmm. You know, all the guys out there. Thank you. I'm thankful to be part of this wonderful group uh, during the season. And uh, we will be back after another 49ers victory against the Vikings. Woo! Until now then. you're saying it, huh? <laughs> Until then. Let's go. It feels great, baby. Until then, everyone, enjoy the holiday. Stay safe. Peace.